Last time on Montreal Sauce. You're in good company. Now, see, I wouldn't have I would have taken you for the negative one after our first chat that we had because you seemed so positive. But uh, I guess we didn't get critical necessarily about films because in this particular instance, I'm always the negative one. Paul starts out his movie reviews with Chris isn't going to like this, but... <laughs> <laughs> Now, the last time you and I talked, uh, I was talking to you on the day of uh, your short that you produced personally and uh, directed and animated, um, was playing in Spain at a festival, uh, and I just glazed over your website, but uh, did you do well in Spain? Yes, absolutely. Uh, sir, like I w- It was a, a, an awesome surprise. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I couldn't be there um for it but yes i ended up winning uh the best animated uh category and um they said they mailed me my little trophy i'm still waiting for it um <laughs> but that's awesome you know two wins a couple of um um special uh, mentions and i'm i'm stoked man i'm i'm ready for my next move now heck yeah yeah. Yes, um, that uh, short uh, for those people listening and my mom is called Dirty Laundry Day um, and you posted it at DirtyLaundryDay.com yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's a really great short. How long did it take you to make that again? So um, this this thing started with me in, when I was in Louisiana. Um, I, 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 had, I had started learning other software. You know, like I said, I... I learned about a software that that helped you know traditional animation software that is um, you know on the computer with a uh, Wacom and everything. I bought myself a Wacom. I I got the software, and it was just another one of those moments where like, oh wow, there's no reason why I shouldn't do this. So I'm learning. I started learning the, the software, and then um, I wanted to give myself a a, a good project a, a, a worthwhile project to for to learn practically to learn the software i wanted just to learn the software and, and master it in, in other words and so um i just kept, kept coming up with these really cheap short far jokes little things exercises but they were never really fulfilling and um simultaneously i'm, I'm a big george carlin buff and uh, I, I was reading his book, and one of his one-liner jokes was, um, "I put a dollar in a change machine, and nothing changed." And, um, and and I thought to myself, "This is the perfect concept for a short film." Now I have to figure it out. And so um, I just buckled down. I took that that one-liner, and I kept flushing it out until you know and. I was pre- pretty much using the software to storyboard it and make an animatic and figure things out. Um, it, the preparation, the pre-production took me about, I want to say like two and a half, three years. Um, and then the actual production took me about another two years. Um, it, it does seem if you think it, you know, if you think it's too long and yeah, it is too long it, it, because I was, I was, I was working on it after work. Uh, I, w- I would go to work eight, nine hours a day, and then I would have to come back home and then put in another couple hours to finish it. Mm-hmm. So that that's why five minutes took about you know five years, five to six years, whatever it is, the number. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I, at, at some point in the production, one of my friends looked at it and he's like, Hey, this is, you know, I, you should definitely consider sending it, send it around to, uh, to festivals and whatnot. It, it, it's, it's got enough production quality in it. That's, you know, that would make it, you know, compete in, in, in some, uh, festivals. So I thought, what the hell, let's just give it a shot. And, um, you know, a year later, it's gotten picked in, in a couple of festivals and uh, thankfully won two uh, nominations. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I did not have to sell out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, it, yeah, it was it was a it was more of a like, I don't know, a lot of us, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same thing too. You go to work on a daily basis. You work on somebody else's project. Um, you're probably not hundred percent invested in it. You know, whatever, whatever it is, that was at least me. I, I would, I would go in the morning, you know, work in some, somebody else's studio on somebody else's project. I didn't have the hundred percent freedom or final say in things. Uh, I'm not saying that I needed the the final say in everything, but I needed some input. I mm-hmm. artists in general feel like they they need they have that need to to give to to be heard to to um, to create in a way. You don't just want to um, deliver what somebody else asks you to deliver. You want to feel like you're giving some of yourself and, and your, you want to feel pride in yep. your work, yep. you know? And, and I wasn't necessarily feeling that. So I, that's why I felt like, okay, this baby project of mine is going to be all mine. And um, yeah, that's, that's how it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say uh, the blog for your website. Um, and I mentioned it to you before, but Paul, uh, uh, Jamil has really inspired me because I'm I really love to uh, give myself guilt and grief for projects that I'm working on personally. And those are few and far between, but we could call the podcast one of them. And mm-hmm. I'm behind doing show notes for sure, as I <laughs> joked about at the beginning of the show. But uh, Jamil has like one blog post where, you know, as he was just saying, he did this in his spare time after work. And so he has a blog post where he's just like, all you got to do is draw one line, just draw one line and you've got made progress towards <laughs> the end goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I bet that I loved that line when I was reading your blog, I was like, wow. Okay. So I didn't get something done today, but I actually did work on the podcast a bit. Let's call it good. <laughs> Yep. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, and I, and I, I don't want to take full credit for that. I must have heard it somewhere else too, because it seems like a very, a very easy thing to, to to think about. But yeah, sometimes you get caught up with life and you forget about the the little obvious things that you know, one drawing. If you do one drawing a day, you're actually one drawing closer to the end to fit to the finish line. So, yeah. It's uh, it's not easy. It's not the the per- personal projects are are, oh, man, paralyzing. For it's sure, like a, it's like a little nagging baby in the back of your head that's always you know nagging you out like, hey, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. I need yeah. to be done. You know, it's and it's annoying, and you feel guilty. Like every time I would go out for a beer with friends, I'd be like, man, I need to be at home finishing this. Um, you, you kind of lose a lot of uh, uh, 
um, uh, appreciation to life until you finish it. Yeah. And then, yeah, aside from the nagging, it's, it's also one of those things where you're just like, uh, you're the boss, like you said, like you want to have some say in something and now you finally do. And you, like you said, it's kind of paralyzing, like, oh, I really want it to do this, but I also want to go to bed tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it's really, it's really, it boils down to how badly you want to see this thing finished. Right. And that's, exactly. that's, that's another thing we talk about is, is the, is the, uh, the amount of momentum that you have at first when you go when you go into a project at first like you know when you're talking to a couple of buddies or you you probably you two probably had the same conversation yo how about we do a podcast yeah that'd be awesome we have this we'll do that well guess what like two episodes in that momentum is not at the same level as it was when you had that conversation you know it's like slowly you start realizing how much serious work you got yourself into but it is only the amount of how much you want to see it go on that's going to drive you to finish it. Yes, it, it's it's a it's a tough little game. And it, there is some there is definitely a big part of it that is just getting yourself to realize that you can do a small chunk of it. That um, I I've, I always get the sense that oh I I would really like to move. X, Y, or Z project forward. But if I get started on it, I'm going to want to be there for four hours and, and it's already 10 o'clock at night and I need to work tomorrow, but I could just do some small piece, spend a half an hour on it or get some, get some piece of it started. And then like right on a scratch pad, this is where I left off so that when I can piece together a couple of half an hours, I can, I can still keep some momentum going. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, you get that like that anxiety of, well, I haven't touched it in three weeks. What's another day? Instead of saying, no, I got my half an hour in yesterday. I'll get a half an hour in today. You yep. know, build a streak of working on it, even if you're just getting tiny chunks done. It's it's a slippery slope, man. It's uh, it's again, it's this is probably one of those human nature where we, you know, you start kind of like reasoning with procrastination or or, <laughs> yeah. or like yeah. giving like giving it giving it um, a way to justify things. And another, like, you know, one of the things that really um, struck me the most is that when I was working on the, uh, the project is that I kept conv- somehow convinced myself that um, if I don't finish certain shots or certain, or if the short didn't look certain way, then it's not deliverable. Like, like your brain is so messed sure. up. It, it, yeah. It's like, Oh, if you don't meet, this um, hypothetical standard, then you might as well give up. And I, I really, at some point, I'm like, dude, if, if this is because I talked to Chris about, you know, we're back to the student work. Like uh, we, we watch these student um, shorts that come out from specifically from France, you know, um, uh, uh, Super Foucault or uh, Le Goblin or whatever. And um, you watch them and they have this really amazing uh, production quality. And in your mind, you look at it like, yeah, if my short is not as good as this, as this specifically, then I might as well give up. And you, you kind of like that slippery slope of giving up. And, and it's like, no, it's just do it yourself. It's it, if there, No one is expecting anything from you. In fact, right. the mere fact that you're making a short film and throwing it out there, they, you know, they owe you a thank you. It's just... 
get off your ass and, and, and do it. But it's amazing how many times I, ca- I caught myself reasoning with procrastination. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a strange system. Yeah. I, in, uh, in university, uh, I actually, uh, me and another friend had a term we called procrasturbation, uh, <laughs> where, where, um, like if you had like a big paper or assignment due for a class, you, uh, it wasn't that you weren't going to do it and procrastinate to do it. You were going to do something else that was equally as important, like clean the house. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was our, sure. our definition of procrastination. I always know there's like something wrong with me if I'm like cleaning the house. I'm like, oh, I should be doing something else, shouldn't I? But I'm doing this because this is also important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, I mean, if it, I mean, if you use it as a um, an inspiration um, uh, springboard, then yes. Like I like doing monotonous stuff. I, I read something like that one day. Like if, uh, if you're in a creative rut, you should do something very monotonous and repetitive. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so you're like, you're switching the, the parts of, of your brain that are active, you know, cognitive versus creative problem solving versus muscle memory. And that will help you overcome your, um, um, uh, creative block or writer's block or whatever it is that you're having struggle with. Um, if you're using it as a springboard, then sure. But if you're using it as a, like, like I said, you know, way to avoid serious work, then yeah. And you have to be like smart enough to distinguish too. Like how the hell do you, it's, it's back to learning yourself again. Exactly. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of asshole am I? Like, am am I really that lazy? (laughs) Am I really that lazy that that I cannot get myself to sit down and draw one drawing? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think the listeners should prepare to take a drink because I'm about to say something that uh, Merlin Mann always says. Um, And that's kind of the thing that I do on this podcast basically is parrot him. But he, he says, uh, procrastination is is what happens when you forget who you're trying to be um which i think is a is a powerful way to think about it like if what you're trying to be is the animator that came up with a great short in his personal time then you have to do that by sitting at your computer and animating stuff um you don't that doesn't happen by taking a nap and doing the dishes sometimes you might need to take a nap and sometimes you might need to do the dishes because you need plates to eat on and you need to have enough sleep that you can actually get back to the computer and animate but ultimately the thing that defines that person is what they produced and you ha- you do that by doing the th- by setting the right priority and doing the right thing when you have the right amount of time to do it Absolutely, man. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, someone else popped into the chat room, uh, Jamil, and they, they say you're one of the greatest guys that can be around, especially when we're when you're trying to be creative. So, Damn. so another friend or family member, possibly. Well, see, that's that's I, I, I brought my my um, audience with me. That's right. And they also <laughs> want audience with me. Uh, uh, I, as negative as I am, I try to be. Uh, I try to be uh, 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 involved with things. I guess. Yeah. I, I definitely. You know. I. I. I don't know, man. I, it's a tough. It's a. It's a tough uh, uh, industry we're in. We're all, we all are egos, and we all want to show that we have what it takes to bring to the table. 
it's and it's and it's easy to to lose sight sometimes. I feel. So yeah. it's, it's it's great to have people actually enjoy your company and actually see that you're trying to do well for for a project or for anything. True. Juan Solo also added that they are not sure whether or not you are a comedian, an animator, or a director. Maybe all of the above. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's how you've been described in the chat room. Oh, a comedian. I, I actually, I tried it. I don't know. They probably, this is probably a person that knows me. I actually took a shot at comedy, at stand-up comedy um, in, in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, holy crap, man. Holy crap. <laughs> it is, it is not, oh, oh my God. It takes so much. It, it like, ugh, man, I, so we go to the stand-up, like an open mic, a friend of mine and I, uh, we, we just, just we, we, we mustered some, some balls and we're like, you know what, let's just, let's go try it, whatever, you know, what the hell is going to happen. So we go, we put our names and as soon as we, we put, we put our names in the thing, we're like, we start like talking ourselves into, okay, maybe we're, we're not going to get picked because you put your names, like a hundred people show up, put their names, <laughs> they pick up, they pick up like 20 new names. And so we put our names on like, oh, sh- now we're in it. Maybe we're not going to get picked. Maybe they're just going to skip over our names. Sure enough, both of our names get picked. And and it, I've never sweat in my life like this, doing nothing. I was sitting on a bench just sweating bullets. And so we go next door. We, we, we get drunk very quickly. We were like, we have to get drunk. We have to, like, we have to ease into this. And uh, when it's time to do it, it was, oh, my God, man. It was crushing. It was soul-crushing. It's just, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't do well, um, but I didn't forget my jokes, but it is so hard. It is so hard. And these, and these people that inspire us and that make us laugh, they make it look so easy. It is not (laughs) fair. It is not fair. Like public speaking is so hard. (laughs) I think the only reason why I can speak right now to you this easily is because I don't see, I don't have any people here. I don't even see you on my screen. It's easy. easy. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, My mom always thought uh, that she always used to say that I should have been a comedian because I made the family laugh and, you know, it's always your audience. But, uh, but yeah, she, uh, She always used to say that and I was always like I I could never do it because like you said public speaking is very hard and I did tons of theater in college but that's when I was playing someone else when I was on stage I was not Chris and so when it came to like yeah doing a comedy routine I I've never tried <laughs> Yeah not but, only not only you have to public speak but you you have to be by yourself on the stage. So you know in your head everyone's eyes on you. There's a spotlight right in your face and you don't see anyone's face. So you kind of have almost no feedback from, 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 your, uh, from your audience, like uh, visually. And on top of that, you're not hearing a lot of chuckles. It's, oh, man. Oh, man. What a train wreck. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's cool. It's cool to see the, cra- like to test out the craft that is comedy and, and to, to, to learn how little really you really are. I, I yeah. just, I, you know, I bow to these guys. I bow to them. They're a whole different level. Hey, Paul, like you did some stuff on camera, but have you ever done 
like on stand up on a stage? Uh, I have not. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a few times, um, but I want to. Uh... <laughs> the problem with being me is I'm always trying to uh, ad lib, ad hoc everything, and uh, and I never actually like take the time to prep and write a bunch of stuff down, which I feel like I would need to do if I was going to do a, a stand up routine. Is I, it would need to actually be a routine in the sense that I <laughs> write it down, I practice it. I figure out what the timing is and then I go test it in front of an audience and it fails, but I figure out kind of what worked and how to adapt. Um, and, uh, I kind of know that that's what it would take. And I also know that I can't put that level into it up front. I'm kind of, uh, have to do it as I'm going kind of. So, a- so you're more like the, the, um, organized logical kind of guy, huh? Like you wouldn't want to wing it. I don't I don't feel like I would want to wing it. Not a, not unless I had tried it so many times that I had like a back catalog in my head, you know. I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here and we'll see where it goes with the audience from there. But I don't think I could just stand and stand on a stage and start talking and end up being funny. I've I've done improv um and that that was fun, but It's, I mean, the other thing you learn about when you do theater and it's very similar with stand up, right? Is like your joke that like kills in Shreveport, Louisiana is going to do bunk all in Los Angeles, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So you do need to be on your toes, like you said. So you need a back catalog or you need to be, you know, Johnny on the spot. But yeah, it's. It's that can just throw you too. I, I would imagine, especially if you were just starting out, is the fact that like this joke is going to kill in front of your five friends that you love and you hang out with, and um, these other eight people don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, man. It's it's art. It's just another form of art. Yep. Yeah. Very true. Learning yes. yourself, learning your delivery. I mean, that's another. That's a whole. That's a whole thing. Is that knowing exactly how you actually look like, like all these guys that go up on, on stage, they know exactly how they look and they're posing like, uh, like they know exactly if they, if they, if they strike a specific pose, they look funny. And so they utilize that. So, so they have that in mind and then they have the line delivered right on time. And it's, man, it's, it's such a, such an amazing art form. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like you don't think about it, but it, it's definitely part of the art form is knowing what what you're doing, what you look like. And just in conversation <clears throat> daily, like you kind of learn um, how to uh, react to people with your face and stuff and you learn what works and doesn't work. But, yeah, you really have to know what you're doing when you're a comedian, because, I mean, I remember – I'd done a lot of stuff for theater, but then I was asked to be in a couple of shorts in, in university. And, uh, yeah, people would be like, I need you to do this expression. And I was like, I am. And they're like, no, you certainly are not. You <laughs> 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 just, just realize like how little, you know, about the person you live with every day yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, wow, man, it's, this is so funny. This is amazing. It's like, what do you mean? I am smiling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. 
So I have to say, uh, I, I also watched uh, Dirty Laundry Day a couple times uh, before um, before we had you on, and um, I absolutely loved the um, the sound design. The sound design made uh, pulled everything together for me. I felt like. Awesome, man. Thank you. That coming from an audio guy, this is great to hear. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was actually uh, uh, uh it was done by uh Chris Kukla and um I I I I never met the guy. He was recommended to me uh by a friend of mine. He uh had helped him doing some uh audio design for an app out of out of okay. all projects. Yep. Um and um and so I, I reached out to this friend. I said, hey, then, you know, do you know of anybody? And he's like, yes, this person is, is self-motivated. He's willing to work and he, he prices, you know, very fairly. Mm. You should try him out. And sure enough, you know, um, it worked out perfect. I, I reached out. Um, we had a couple of technical hiccups um, during the, the, the work, but you know, it turned out very well. I over like overall, I just wanted it very simple. I hate music. I hate tracks in, 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 uh, in, in films. I feel yeah, like sure. they're, they're trying to squeeze some sort of a emotion out of me that I really don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I just wanted to stay, I, I just wanted to be in the environment, whatever the camera is. I wanted to, to feel that, environment whatever it is and um yeah just uh kept it very simple um i think that's what gives it a little bit of some somebody described it as eerie uh at some point which is awesome i took it as a badge of honor i i'll take eerie any day over mm-hmm. ni- nice or appealing or whatever um but yeah it's uh it's uh, i wanted to go with a 5.1 stereo but that didn't work out very well but you know i guess uh, i'll leave that uh, next time I, i'm sorry that's it's all the, the surround 5.1 yeah, surround. surround yep yeah but i ended up going stereo um but yeah you know it didn't work out surround is surround is really tough surround is really tough to get right um that's but, what i was told yeah yeah um it's so dependent on uh, you know the the end listeners setup as well but um but just beyond that i felt like uh you know it was it was very real it was i would would say it's very gritty there's a lot of like the sounds of the city especially at the beginning when he's walking around his in his apartment and he's on the skateboard and you hear you hear the clatter of the skateboard going down the street That's um awesome. it really pulled me into the whole thing <laughs> That's um, awesome which is good cuz i th- that's that's where so many that's where going way back it just needs to be good right the yeah. big, a big part of that is if your audio's not good um your a- animation can be the most beautiful thing in the world but if your audio is not good it really calls attention to yep. you know those two parts of the brain work together really hard it, so it's it's funny cuz um um at, right after i finished Dirty Laundry Day, I had gone into, um, I went back to live action shooting. Like I told you earlier, I, I, sure. I, I minored in film. Yeah. So I, I went, I, you know, DSLRs are cheap and, and whatever. I needed a camera. So I go out and buy it. And then I started shooting some videos and whatnot. And then before I know it, it I have 
five lenses laying around, tripods, <laughs> you know, shoulder rigs and whatnot. And I'm trying to make like little um, uh, shorts, like live action shorts. And it, it's it's so weird. Like you could have the best picture in the world and, you know, a mediocre audio and it just doesn't mean anything. It just all of a sudden it loses all its value. Yep. Uh, and it's it's surprising because it's supposed to be a visual medium, yet audio is so important to it. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and it's and it's practically the hardest part for for a filmmaker to to gauge. Like a director knows exactly what shots that's they're supposed to know what shots they want. They can probably even try to pull it off themselves. But audio is just a whole different ball game. Like mm-hmm. no filmmaker knows much about audio you know it's uh you, you have to have your audio man yeah and, and yeah, that's yeah. why I, I chose not to mess with it myself at first i was i was gonna i was gonna go the purest way do it yourself and whatnot and you know I, very quickly i i i knew i was gonna mess it up if i if i get stubborn yeah it's uh it's so true i mean that's why so many of like the stuff that you see online is like a lot of it is just like beautiful shots with like a song in the background that they've maybe even stolen or gotten permission to use <laughs> yeah. from an artist because the audio is so hard to do. Right. I know, man. And I, it's, it's, that's another thing is that the fact that audio sometimes is so expensive, people try to cut, you know, cut corners and I guess yeah. audio yeah. Go, goes first. I mean, I, I myself, I would cut back on camera before I cut back on audio. If I were to ever make my short film, I would probably put my money on audio first and then whatever's left on camera and other stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. I could be crazy, but I, I learned real quickly that audio is almost more important than the picture. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's something to that. I, I, um, I, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've done so much audio work now. Um, but I went to school, uh, having had a lot of hands-on experience with cameras. I knew how to frame shots. Uh, I, I knew kind of how to mic a room, but I really didn't know how to do good audio, good Foley, um, trying to get good inserts for, for things like that. Um, just mixing in general. And so I focused on that quite a bit. Um, and, and what I really learned was that, um, you could have a poorly framed shot, uh, or maybe even a poorly lit room, but if you've got good audio, it kind of sells it and it makes it feel like it's intentional. Whereas if you have a beautiful picture, but you just have, you know, crappy uh, room tone going on um, and it's and the your actor's voice sounds really echoey. You can't quite understand what they're saying. It makes it it makes it look like an amateur film very quickly. Yep. <laughs> yep. It, it's so strange. Yeah. It cheapens the whole thing. I, I, I guess I guess I know who to go to now for my next uh, short film ball. <laughs> Uh, you are uh, you're welcome to throw a project my way. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, the other part of it, obviously, that stands out is the animation. You wanted to learn um, the software. Um, but uh, going hand in hand with that are is the, uh, you know, the color palette and how things I mean, I, I love the yes. narrative of the of the the whole piece. But um, the color really evolves as the piece goes on. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, the color, 
Um, at first, I, um, I again, I thought I was going to pull the whole thing off by myself. No, <laughs> bad idea. I so I decided to team up with um, one of the Moonbot artists at the time when I was still in, in Shreveport, um, and uh, very quickly I learned that. It's it's kind of hard to keep people motivated about a project if you're not paying them. I you know I I couldn't yeah. pay. Yeah. I you know we're we're working as friends and whatnot, and they say yes, and then you know days go by and nothing's happening. So uh, when I was ready, I uh, decided to team up and offer a, a very low pay to one of. Uh, some other artists, very dear friend, and and, and again, ex Moonbot too. Um, it was it was a little bit embarrassing the, the amount that I, I you know I had to I could I could offer her, but it was an amount nonetheless, you know. And I talked to her. I said, "Hey, I I'm sorry. I know this is way less than you deserve, but this is what's up, and I need some help with colors." Christina, her name is Christina Ellis. Um, very, very talented um, artist. She's, I, I don't know where she sees, how she sees these these colors in her head, but somehow they come out flowing like nobody's business. Mm. And um, it was it was practically just a, a Skype call with her. We talked about the feelings that I wanted to convey in every shot. And I gave um, specific references uh, from movies that I, uh, like, um, uh, n- n- keep in mind, I, 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 you know, I gave her some stuff and, you know, I give her some, uh, pointers, but at the end of the day, I told her like, I want, I want to see what you can come up with. Like, this is a general direction to surprise me. And, uh, she delivered, she will deliver the, 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 the color scripts. Um, I think, uh, took about three revisions in total. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she knocked him dead, and um, I guess you know it, 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 it's paying off. And uh, in in terms of animation, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, I, I come from a CG background, and uh, I I wanted to to make it. I wanted to make the short film in two in traditional animation because uh, two reasons: because obviously traditional animation. It is awesome. It, 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 plus, it is so much easier for me to get into animation right away if I'm doing traditional versus CG. Um, you know, in CG, you have to have like a full team of yeah. mod- modelers, texture artists, riggers, uh, lighters, and whatnot. Yep. And and so yeah, that 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 takes a lot of time and a lot of people to 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 convince to work with you. Um, and then the payoff will probably look a lot like a cheap CG look with 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 my budget. Yeah. You know, yep. That wouldn't have gone anywhere. It would have been probably some like cheap looking CG piece. So I thought traditional animation is great to be to, to convey personal touch to it. You, you're seeing you're you're actually watching my raw drawings. I didn't even clean them up. Like you saw some of the rough drawings are there. This mm-hmm. is what I'm this is what I made. This is what I drew. You take it or leave it. So you know um um and plus you know I know the animation if I if I'd done it in CG it would have been a lot more fleshed out and it would probably would have been a lot more uh closer to what you might see on the bigger screen. But I don't see animation as I don't care for animation as 
a technique. I care for it as a medium, mm-hmm. Me- meaning I don't care for fleshed out animation. I don't necessarily care for seeing overly polished animation. All I care for is what I'm watching. What is the story that I'm watching? Is it worth my time? It blows my mind that some people, like when we go, when we get on, you know, specifically animated feature critique conversations or, you know, opinions conversations, it blows my mind that some uh, um, colleagues are are willing to um, forgive a shitty story for animation quality or for some intricate rig in, in a movie or something like sure. that. It, yeah. it, it, it's almost insulting to me to even have that conversation when people say, what? You didn't like X and Y and Z movies? What? The animation was great. Well, who gives a shit if the story is worth a crap? You know, it's, it's, I'm not there to watch animation. Animation at the end of the day is merely a medium. That's all it is. It's, you know, if, if that, if that same story, if that's, you know, my, my, my argument is if that same animated movie was made into live action, would you still have forgiven it? Right. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. You know, it's, it's, it's a flat story. It's a flat line of, of everything. It's, I didn't care for anybody. And just because they moved funny doesn't necessarily, you know, change the fact that it was a flat story. And so, you know, um, I, I knew I had limitations with my animation, but still my, my, my animation skills were not the, the point of, of the, of the short film. The short film was about that idea of change and what it takes and why isn't change. And my pessimistic uh, uh, opinion doesn't happen as fast or or it's controlled somehow in a, in some mysterious way. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Am I angry or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, so speaking of uh, like the, um, like the bigger movies, uh, I remember when we chatted before, I really liked your take and I, I think uh, Paul might be interested to hear it in our audience, but uh so your first kind of experience was sort of boom from school to cloudy. So you were involved in this tremendous production and then you moved to commercial work. And so when we were talking, you had said you thought, well, when it comes to commercial work, like those guys, they're doing the same production that we did uh, on cloudy but on a much tighter schedule. So they really must have their shit together. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then the unhappy surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so that that was one of the things that, you know, um, again, it's a learning process. I'm learning myself and I'm learning the industry too. So, um, yeah, the bottom line was that, that I felt like we were – in, in in animation on, on feature film, um, you work the shit out of a shot. Like you literally do. You you really you actually get enough time to overlap a blink. And how many times 
did you stop a movie to say, oh, my God, how beautiful that blink was, you know? <laughs> they li- Sometimes they frame by frame it to, to, to actually give you critiques on things like that. And I felt like this is, like, too fat of an operation. This is too much. It's And, and, and so my, 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 my naive thought process was like, oh, this is what happens on fat projects. I'm pretty sure on a slender little project such as commercials – Things could be a little bit more tight, a little bit more uh, figured out, a little bit more uh, system, uh, systematic, and you know. So I get into the um, into the uh, um, um, commercial world, and it's a whole different ball game of chaos. It's like things gets done and redone and redone and redone. It's like nothing is really a hundred percent figured out because I learned very quickly that the the um, client has the final say on things and what do clients really know what do <laughs> clients really know so um man uh i'm not making any friends in the industry anymore am i <laughs> nah um That's okay my mom's yeah. the only listener <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope not uh, but, but um yeah it's uh <clears throat> It's that, that's uh, man, it's so many like he, so many little things that you go through in, in this industry. And then every time you think, oh, I figured it out. No, you did. You haven't figured anything out. You, you're just surprised by uh, a new shock every uh, every now and then. Yeah. I so mean, that, like what we had talked about before, what was really important and kind of back to dirty laundry day is, you know, you said what, maybe two years in pre-production, like this is a big deal to you. And we talked about how important pre-production is. And then you say you get to the commercial industry and the three of us know there's no such thing as pre-production. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's, that was a thing that because, because, you know, because the fact that, um, um, Man, it's like insecurity thing. The fact that client can at any time just hit you out of nowhere and change things left to right. Um, There's just no pre-production. People just jump into production right away. And um, it's like, oh, we'll just we're not going to waste our time with this. We're trying to get it as watchable as possible, as quickly as possible in case just to fight back that um, that, um, um, client instinct of changing things around so quickly. And so, yeah, things end up being very chaotic and, and, you know, you end up the, in the production down, down the line of production, we end up picking up the, the tap and, you know, you have to, you have to either rush things through or, you know, just push things through. You're not necessarily hundred percent happy with it. It's a whole different beast. It's a whole different beast. But my my true belief is that if you jump into production before knowing at least 90 percent, uh, maybe this is too rigid, but this is just me. 90 percent of your film, in my humble opinion, I'm going to have to say that again. I'm not saying this is no one's theory. This is my theory because I tried it and it, it worked perfectly fine for me 90 percent of your film should be known to you in pre-production that 10 percent that you leave is for happy accidents and what ifs the problem is that in 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 commercial i feel like 10 percent of it is pre-production and 90 percent what if what if mm-hmm. like there's a lot there's a lot of you hear that a lot like let's try this and let's try that well let's not 
because there's only 30, 30 days to turn this thing around. Can we just like focus for a week and lock it down and know exactly what we're trying to do so that when we jump into production, we boom, 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 things fall in place. But, you know, their defense mechanism is, well, the client has the final say. So you can only know so much about your production. Sure. So yeah. it's a it's a really finite game. You, need, I, you know, it is what it is. And, and I still, I know I bitch about it a lot. But at the end of the day, I still really love what I do. And I still try to treat every project with as much love and as much respect as I can. You know, we, we go into these projects every now and then. Oh, cool. We're adding something new and whatnot. And, you know, it's, it's just the art of keeping that momentum, that first mm-hmm. instinct on, you know, all throughout the, pro- the project. If you master that art, I think you should be fine. Yeah, uh, I like I like what you said too. I never really thought of it that way, but it's sort of a cycle and we're part of it too because like you said, we we try to get a lot of our stuff closest to like the finalized project as we can when we submit it to in meetings and things to clients so that we can sort of catch them before they try to make changes. But right. then they start to expect that stuff earlier. Like you, you might not be able to go into a meeting like tomorrow with storyboards because they'd be like, "What? What's this drawing? Like, exactly. why can't you show me real assets?" You know, you nailed like it right on the head. You nailed it right on the head. I, I, it, it is, it is absolutely disgusting. The fact that I get, I have to, I have to like listen to an argument such as, "Oh." The client does not understand drawings and I have to act like this is an actual argument and just shut up and walk <laughs> away. Like how if you draw, if you hire a good storyboard artist, how in the hell they're going to look at it and say, I don't understand what I'm seeing. Like this is it's just not logical. It's just not logical. But guess what? You have to live with this. And like you said, you start it's like it's like training a puppy in a way. That puppy, next time you come back to it, they're going to expect more and more on the first turnaround. Like, are you serious, dude? We've only had this project for, I don't know, like two days. You want, <laughs> you want the final product in two days? Yeah, it's uh, – but, you know, again, that's, that's the industry we picked. No, no industry. Sure. Yep. I, I would do this any day over going down to Wall Street and punch numbers. And, you know, as bitter as I may sound and as negative as I may sound, I wouldn't do anything else other than this. In I fact, think- in fact, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but in ahead. fact, so, so, some of what probably keeps me in this industry is this anger. I feel like <laughs> this is me, just me. I don't know how to work relaxed. If I'm relaxed and there's something wrong, then I, I just don't <laughs> give a shit. I just don't give a shit at, at that point. And you don't want to have me. In, in your seat if, if you know if I'm if I'm that detached yeah but if I'm if I'm like this angry and and, and, and and on fire then you know you got yourself you got worth your money really is what it is I think I think the plus side of um, of client work of doing uh, doing commercial and client work is that you learn to work fast um, yes. I and I think that <laughs> learning to do that um can only help you in in your when you do move on to those personal projects and those projects where you do get to do pre-production because now 
you know what that production looks like. Um, you know what pitfalls you want to avoid so that you can get through the production quickly. And you can do the pre-production uh, much better to plan for those things and plan around those things. Exactly. It teaches you economy in so many ways. It, it teaches you exactly, which is this is one of the hardest lessons for an artist. It teaches you when to stop. Yeah. Yep. When's what's enough? When 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 is enough enough? And this is another tough lesson to learn. Like you never, you need to learn that. Okay, I've watched the shot. It's definitely done. Like you can you can noodle things till the cows come home. But guess what? It's more important to deliver. Yeah. Per- perfection. There's no such thing. Perfection is it's just another way of of pro- procrastination. Really, is, is what it is. You're just you're just hiding behind. You, you know uh, uh, this this made up uh, 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 justification of, oh, I just want it to be perfect. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as perfect. Just move on, move on, move on. That's, that's another tough thing to learn about yourself. Like how much work is enough before it becomes too noodled and too, um, you know, I mean, you can squeeze life out of life if you overwork Mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. So yeah, it's uh yeah, that's what it is. Right on. Wow, we've been talking for two hours. Uh, Juan Solo in the chat room has got some things he told me to ask you about, but uh, we should probably be wrapping up. We'll just have to have Jamil back is all. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I'll answer the question. I'm, I'm happy to answer it. I'm curious to know what the question is now. Uh, Juan Solo says, ask uh, Jamil about Pocoyo and, or Spookies. Oh, um, I, uh, Pocoyo, uh, are you guys familiar with them? I'm not, no. Pocoyo, is that that animation, right? The, the little child with his toys and whatnot. It's, uh, it's, I mean, they're great. They're amazing. They, um, they came out like, uh, I don't know, probably four or five years, probably more than that, probably seven years now. Um, they blew my mind away. Everything we thought you couldn't do in CG, they did. It, it, it was it was amazing. It, it, it's like it shows you how little we know and how little we are um, um, invested in in um, exploring CG sometimes, especially in you know the big leagues like you know like we have over here. Um, they literally took CG and treated it just like a drawing. They flipped stuff over one frame. They, they like upside down, literally upside down in one frame, things that you should never do in, in CG or things that are quote unquote supposed to look odd or awful. And I, and, you know, that goes to show you that, you know, some, some people, it's, that, that it's just, it, some people know how to make the medium alive and, 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 uh, timeless in a way and i think we need here to do that more that by the way the the, the spookies are made in korea and pokio is made in spain that's why i'm, I'm saying them and us um mm. <laughs> uh yeah europeans and and um asians seem to have have no fear to push the limit and spookies are almost the same way too they, they they're like they're like um uh cloudy the chance of meatballs on crack they're like, <laughs> like hyper. They're like even. They're like more of a Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania. They're they're trying to explore, sure. st- yeah. blow up stuff, and and really push CG animation 
to beyond its limits, not to the limits, but beyond its limits, which really we need to do this. I mean, think about it. CG animation has been around for, you know, over 20 years now, but the exploration really hasn't been anywhere near what happened with uh, traditional between, you know, the Disney style and the Warner Brothers and the Tex Avery and all that stuff. Like, you know, you see all these styles and like, holy crap, these guys really pushed their, their medium, whereas... Here we are in CG. We're not. We're not doing shit. Barely. We're pushing pixels. Right. Right. I see what you're saying with that. Sure. Very. There, are, there are different styles in in uh, CG, but you're almost still all working from like the same sort of underlying lattice underneath, right? Like the, um, like the guys who do like the stop motion stuff, like you know. They've done some really creative things now with cameras to do these continuing shots and stuff. But I think a lot of that is also with the aid of uh, CG. But um, underneath all of those characters is probably the same skeleton, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, even more intricate stuff because you know they have to make it very. It's amazing. I, I actually have you guys watched uh, Anomalisa? No. Oh my God, man! If you guys can catch it, I I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's uh, it's the, it, it's running. It's in the running for uh, best animated feature this year. Um, I just happened to get the the screener for it not too long ago. Amazing, amazing! It, it's uh, um, man, and and then I was lucky enough to have uh, one of uh, the Museum of Moving Image here in Queens, New York. Uh, brought on three of the sets of the movie with some of the puppets. Um, it's um, it's humbling, man. It's humbling to see the amount of labor and love that that goes into these things. Yes, I agree. Every time I see something like uh, about stop motion, it's always amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. It's late uh, where you guys are, so we should probably call it. Um, uh, is there uh, is there anything that you particularly want to plug? I mean, besides people checking out DirtyLaundryDay.com and watching your amazing animation if they haven't seen it. Thanks. Uh, no, I, this is pretty much what it is. On on the website, I, I, I try to include all the blogs, the production blog. I, I created a production blog for the short – to document my uh, my process, um, th- there's a link to my personal Vimeo um, uh, channel if you know they want to check all the other CG stuff. And uh, I don't know. Stay tuned. I'm 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 in the process. Uh, you know, working on my next short film. Cool. And uh, where do you want people to find you? Where can people find you online? It's uh, that's pretty much all it is right now. It's, cool. it's the the blog and and um, and I, I don't have a personal uh, um, a website. I'm I'm still on the blog and the website and the uh, short films website. Or you can just type my name because you know I have an Oscar attached to my name, yo. You can, just, <laughs> you can just type my name and Google will tell you. Did you mean Jamila Hum? <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, uh, that's awesome uh, we really appreciate uh, everyone for listening and we appreciate you for joining us uh, Jim- Jamil uh, you, if you are bored and you want to find me you can find me on the Twitter I suppose at uh, 
at sickdays, S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S, or you can go to this blog thing that I've been toying around with at save this dot space because I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Paul D or uh, my website, padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com. Uh, which has links to all my other things, blog, Vimeo, all that stuff, uh, as well as links to Montreal Sauce and Film Frown. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks again to Jamil. Uh, Thank next you, week- guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you, you, you guys run a great show. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll hope we'll do more of these probably later. I don't know. Thank Sweet. you. That would be awesome. All uh, right. And, Paul, I will hit you up with my next project. Uh-oh. Definitely, definitely right. do that. I will be excited to uh, to help you out with it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Next week, uh, Paul and I are back with the last film frown of the season, and we're reviewing the 1984 film Supergirl. That's right. <laughs> with uh, Jen Montez and Jacob Cook. And then the following Thursday, we should be back live with M-Sauce if I survive this bronchitis. So... Thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember, if uh, life gives you potatoes, make poutine. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night.